Last week, we started a four-part series on the book of Jonah, and it's, I think it's a story that we're most all familiar with. Hopefully, as we go through this, we'll, we're going to be able to see um, a lot more of how faithful God is, how, how we can apply this to our life as well, instead of just, there's another story of God doing something in somebody's life, that these, there's so many truths that are part of Scripture that we can apply to our lives as well. Last week we looked at Jonah as the runaway. He was supposed to go east, and instead of going east, he says, I'm going south, and then I'm going to hop on a ship, and I'm going to go west. Uh, here's a, a picture of that. He was... He started out somewhere here. He was supposed to just go across the land. You know, whatever this desert land is, he was supposed to go to Nineveh, to his enemy. He says, I'm not going there, God. I'm sorry. I'm going to hop down to Joppa, and I'm going to head this way, as far as I can get. And that's where he decided he was going to go. Well, on that journey, what happened? Well, he didn't make it. The wind got blowing, the ship got rocking, and they had, all the sailors talked to Jonah and realized it was his fault. And he says, hey, you guys toss me overboard, and the, the seas will grow calm, and everything's going to be okay. And last week, we left Jonah with what you see in your the bulletin cover. We left Jonah in a great big fish. And he, he's going to be there for three days and three nights. Uh, but before we dive, and so let me let me start at that point. Uh, Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, we could, we could argue and debate, is this really a, a fish, or is this a great big well, or anything like that? But we're not going to. But I'm kind of curious. We all know the story. we got a purple fish up here, a well. we got Jonah. And uh, a lot of people have lots of different views about this the book of this Bible. Uh, some people say, you know what? This is too impossible. It's not true. I'm not going to accept that that's true because how, Josh, could a man survive in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights? I don't know. I was never swallowed by fish. <laughs> I don't know. How, how could that be possible? You might be saying, you know what, Josh? That's too far-fetched. I'm not going to believe it. It's great that it's in the Bible, but I'm not, I'm not going to swallow it. Um, you could say, as some Bible-believing people do, they want to give God the credit for this as being something that's found in Scripture. So they're going to say, this is a, an allegory, or this is a parable. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't think this actually really happened, but I can look at this, I can accept this as an allegory or as a parable, as a fictional story that was put into the Bible to show people, to, to make sure you get your life right with the Lord, that, you could, that God is willing to forgive give anybody because you know in the story the people of Nineveh uh, I think 120,000 who, who were kids and you add their parents and older siblings to that turn to the Lord and so they say this is an allegory to show how much God loves people how much he's willing to forgive anybody who will turn back to the Lord and there are people who preach that message there are people who believe that message that this didn't really happen this is just a story to show how great God is Maybe you fall into that category. A, I don't believe any part of this. B, I'll accept that this is a parable or an allegory. Or C, you say, you know what? I'm going to stake my faith on it, that this is really a true story because it's what showed up in Scripture. Now, I want to point out something about this fish. I said Jonah was there for three days and three nights. How could he survive inside this, this fish for, for that long? You know, I don't think typically people can do that. But if you read verse 17, it says, 
Um, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. This was not just a passing fish that's hungry that says, hey, I'm going to eat that. <laughs> this was a God-ordained fish with a God-ordained uh, purpose to go and find Jonah and to swallow him. So God can make or create some kind of special fish that can house Jonah for three days and three nights and keep him alive. Right? That's totally possible, even if people don't want to accept that as true. Another thing that points to, to the fact that this is a true story that really happened is the fact that in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus referred to this as a real story, a real situation. He talks about Jonah being three days and three nights in the belly of a fish. And he says, just like that, I'm going to be, or the Son of Man is going to be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth or in the heart of the earth. He says, that really happened. This is really what's going to happen. Jesus did spend three days and three nights in the earth. Also, he talks about the men of Nineveh as if they actually existed. So we can look and say, boy, that just sounds impossible. Boy, that's just an allegory. But Jesus himself presented the story as if it's really true. You know, I, I, I don't have any other proof. You know, I, I can't, I can't, there's no written account. There's no video of saying this is what Jonah looked like when he came off the, the earth or out of the fish's mouth. And this is the uh, report that he gave and said, this is what really happened. But I'm going to accept this really happened, you know, because there are stranger things in the Bible that, that, I, that I need to accept. You know, I think one of the hardest things in scripture to accept for me is that there is a loving God. I mean, I, I believe there's a loving God, but how crazy is it to believe that a loving Loving God would come down to this earth and die on a cross and uh, be rejected by man, a painful death, so to give me salvation. Weigh those two things out. Which is harder to accept? It's possible that a man could have survived inside a fish for, or a shark for an extended amount of time, but to me it's so much more impossible to believe that Jesus would die on a cross for me. Because I'm not worth dying for. I'm a sinner. I'm a lousy person. But Jesus, so if I'm going to accept the message of salvation that Jesus paid for my punishment so that I can have salvation, I'm going to accept this is true. And so I would encourage you to, to not look at this as a fairy tale. Don't look at this as a parable or as, uh, as an allegory. Look at this as true, as if God really did this because this was something that God really did and it's something Jesus referred to and so accepted as the truth is what it really is. So, the book of Jonah is a continuous story and instead of trying to preach one great big message and on Sunday we divide it into four uh, different sermons or messages. Uh, this is Jonah the rescue, right? Because he's going to find himself in the middle of a fish and so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And today the connection to us Oh, I guess, I guess we'll skip that. Today, the connection to us is that we need to, once we realize we've come to the end of our rope, you know, because if I, if I go back here, you know, last week we looked at God's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. What was it that God asked Jonah to do? He asked him to go visit his enemies and to preach a message. And we talked about examples of God asking you to do something you don't want to do. And when God asks you to do something you don't want to do, you're going to be tempted to go the opposite direction. Jonah, he, was, he should have went east, easily across the sand. He headed south, hopped on a ship and tried to go west. And us, we're going to find ourselves in the same kind of situation. But if we do the wrong thing, we're going to face the consequences of those actions. Jonah ended up in the belly of a fish. 
And we will find that happening in our life as well. Not being swallowed by a fish, but experiencing the consequences for the actions of the, the, the bad choices that we made. Jonah today, he comes to his senses. He, he comes to the point where he realizes, you know what, I made a big mistake. I really should have gone east, and I didn't. And so we find that Jonah prays. And the first, and we see that for ourselves. When we've come to our senses, when we've made all the bad choices down the road, and we realize, you know what, I made a bad choice, we need to do what Jonah did. We need to stop, and we need to pray, and be willing to try again. So that's what we're going to see from Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. The NIV says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Well, if you have a King James Version, it says the opposite. It says from outside the fish, Jonah prayed or Jonah did something. And so the way to, to remedy this is that while Jonah was in the fish, Jonah's praying. There's no doubt in my mind that while he's there, he is praying. But when he's outside the fish, he's writing this down. And he's, he may be writing different things and he prayed inside. But Jonah has been praying all the way through this fish. And we find in verse 3, he says, this is what it was like while I was in the, in the water before I got swallowed by this fish. He says, you hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and your breakers swept over me. He gets chunk tossed overboard, and he's, he's treading water. He's trying to survive. Waves are crashing over him, and he, he, he just sees another wave coming, and he, he's, he can't handle it anymore. Verses 5 through 6a says, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. He's sinking. He's starting to sink. Uh, the earth, uh, he sees seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. Jonah is sinking. And what is he doing this whole time? He's, he's holding his breath, right? He's trying to survive, but I think he's, he's in this process of, I need to pray. I need to make this right between me and God. For three times in this passage, he says, I prayed. He says in verse 2, says, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. You listened to my cry. So there's no doubt that while he's trying to survive on top of the water, he's starting to pray. While he's sinking, all he can do is hold his breath and try to get to the top. The seaweed starts wrapping around him. He's praying. Verse 7 says, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. Lord, and my prayers rose to you to your holy temple. Jonah was praying through this whole process. Now you might you might say, well, well, duh, Josh, that's what he should be doing. He should be praying. His life is in danger. But I want you to think about when's the last time do you think Jonah prayed? You know, because while he was before he went to Tarshish, he's possibly in Israel. He's having a conversation with God. God says, go to Nineveh. What did Jonah decide to do? No. He says, I'm not going. So do you think when he went down to Joppa to board a ship, he was praying for God's safety along the way? Do you think as he's looking and the clouds are all blue and it looks like a perfect sailing day, he's saying, thank you, God, for this beautiful weather? And when he's getting on the ship and he's going down to sleep, he's saying, God, please help me to sleep good? There's no way Jonah's praying because he has defiantly disobeyed God. You know, think about you. When's the last time you wanted to talk to somebody that you openly disobeyed? You know, if your boss told you to do something and you didn't want to and you said no, do you want to go talk to your boss? 
No, because I'm, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to. Why would I want to talk to him? You think about a kid who you say, you tell him to do his chores, clean his room, do the dishes, and he doesn't do them. Do you think he wants to come talk to you? No, he wants to stay far, far away from you. But Jonah, he's at his wit's end. There's absolutely nothing he can do. So you know what he has to do? He's got to swallow his pride. He's got to say, okay, you know what, God, if you're willing to help me, I'll, I'll take that help. But he's got to swallow his pride, and he's got to go to the Lord for help. At some point, you're probably going to have to do the same thing. If you, have, if you have been told by God to do something, and you choose not to do it, at some point, you're probably going to have to swallow your pride and pray. And as soon as you recognize you're in the wrong place, you need to pray. And when you're going through the consequences of that, all the way through until your last breath, you need to pray and ask God to help you through this. So let's think about our examples that I gave last week. You know, uh, you think about the person who God says, I want you to move. I want you to pack up your belongings, possibly like Toby and Mandy and their family. I want you to pack up your belongings and I want you to move and go. Right? But you said, I'm not going to go. You said, I'm going to stay here in Plubna. Or I'm going to stay here in Baker because I like you here. My kids like you here. My job is here. I'm comfortable and I'm going to stay. And so you decide to stay. And then last week we talked about some of the consequences that could start taking place. You know, you, the ends start, you're not being able to meet ends. You start having roadblocks everywhere. And when you get to the point of realizing, boy, did I make a dumb choice. I didn't go when I should have gone. You know what you should do? You should pray. You should first of all say, God, I am sorry that I did not go when I should have went. You know, because you disobeyed and you should say, God, if you will give me another opportunity, I will go where you've asked me to go. And Jonah does this in verse nine. He says, uh, with what I have vowed, I will make good. What do you think Jonah vowed? I know we talked about Jonah a couple weeks ago in Sunday school. Like, if you get me out of this, God, I will go to Nineveh. Right. So he's, he's, he's praying. He's saying, God, if you give me one more chance, I will go do this. So the person who should have packed up everything he went but did not go should confess that sin to God and say God if you give me another chance I will do this the person in the relationship you know the boy that's chasing the girl the girl that's chasing the boy that's super in love but has, and God says you know what I want you to break this off this isn't the relationship that I want for you I have something so much better for you and you said you know what I'm going to hang on to this guy tighter I'm going to chase this girl even faster because I don't want to lose this relationship and last week the, the example that I gave is all of a sudden everything gets rocky you know and, you, and you're facing all the heartache of, of not doing the right thing and you come to your senses and say, okay, God, I'm willing to surrender. I realize this wasn't the right thing to do. You need to pray. You need to confess and say, God, I should not have be chasing this girl. I, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm sorry that I've done it. God, if you provide me another opportunity, just like the last one that I didn't take, that'll be the perfect timing to, to break this thing off. I'll do it. Because you've got to say, I'm in the wrong, God, and I'm willing to do what you've asked me to do. You can apply the same thing to school or even think about the, the example of that person that you were supposed to go talk to. The person at the, the, person at the post office or the grocery store. 
who was supposed you were supposed to share Jesus with, or even just go up and say, hi, my name is Josh. I just want to be your friend. I just want to welcome you to town. And you said, I, I'm not getting out of my comfort zone to do that. And when, when you feel that guilt and you feel that pressure and you decide, you know what, I'm tired of this. This is not going to go away until I, I finally until I finally uh, talk to God and if I finally do this, you know what you need to do? The same thing. God, I'm so sorry I didn't go walk up to my neighbor's house and go say hi to them. I saw them coming out of the post office. I saw them coming out of the store and I did not take the opportunity to go talk to them. I'm sorry, God. If you provide me with another opportunity, I'll do it. That's what Jonah did. He said, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't do what I, I, you asked me to do, but if you give me another chance, I'll do it. So whatever your situation is, you, you can throw out gobs of situations. Like the prime one that I should have brought up that I didn't. What is Jonah supposed to do? He's supposed to go talk to his enemies. Right? We should have had that as an example last week. I'm supposed to go talk to my enemy, tell Jesus with them, share Jesus with them, invite them to church, do something good for that person. The very last thing in the world that I want to do. And, and if we say no, you're going to face the consequences of this. And at some point you realize I should have done that. You say, I'm sorry. Give me another chance. I'll go talk to this person. And you know what might happen? God might give you a second chance. You know, God might give you a second chance. What he did for Jonah in chapter 2, verse 10, it says, The Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Think about that the next time you're sick. Right? Jonah, this is how he exited the fish's mouth. And that, but he was getting a second chance. Verse chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it to it the message that I gave you. God gave Jonah a second chance. We're gonna find next week or the week after that he is not happy with it, but God gave him a second chance to do the right thing. Now, Jonah, when he was praying, when he's in the belly, when he's in the water drowning, he had no idea that that wasn't going to be the end. He had no idea that this great big creature was going to come out of the water and swoop and chump, you know, bite him, you know, so to speak, swallow him and keep him alive. He had no idea that once he was inside that fish that he wasn't just going to be digested. He didn't know that God was going to use this fish as a taxi service to take him back where he was supposed to go. But what is Jonah doing through all that? He's praying. That's all he can do. And he's willing to pray. And God is giving him a second chance. And God might give you, very well give you the second chance to make it right. You know, think about the person who should have pulled up stakes and should have moved. You know, there, there's that perfect opportunity. Everything lined, it, lined up. There was that ad in the paper. There was somebody knocking on the door, calling you on the phone saying, hey, you need to come. And you didn't go. Well, that once in a lifetime opportunity might show up again. Stranger things have happened. And so God might give you the opportunity to make it right. You know, that relationship that you should have broken off. God might provide that perfect opportunity. You're sitting at the school table. You're sitting in a little cafe, and it's just you and him, or you and her, and you guys start discussing your relationship and how hard it's been, and, and you might be able to have that perfect opportunity to say, okay, Tristan, okay, Brianna, okay, Caleb, okay, Weston, this is not the relationship that I'm supposed to have, right? And you might get that perfect opportunity to break it off. 
the person who is supposed to go witness to their friends or even just be their friend. How hard is that? Just to say, my name is Josh. I'm welcome to Plevna. Right? God might give you an opportunity again. The next time you go to the post office, guess who might be walking out that door? When you're walking into the grocery store, when you're walking out of the school, who might be right there that you have the opportunity to say hi to? God might give you a second chance to, to do the right thing. You, you just never know. You know, God, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. He told him to go talk to his enemy, and Jonah didn't want to go because they were his enemy. They were the people who had hurt his people. There are people who, after this bunch gets saved, who are going to turn around in 40 years or so and go attack Judah because that's just the nature of the beast, the kind of people that they were. God called him to go, and he wouldn't go, but finally he did go when he got a second chance. Jonah had to go, though, and he had to make things right with the Lord before God gave him that second chance. You know, there's, you know, uh, asking for forgiveness is a tough thing to do. You know, I found that out asking my wife for forgiveness. I found that out asking my kids for forgiveness. You ever have to ask your kids for forgiveness? Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's like the hardest thing to do ever. But I've had to do that. And there's, there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to ask for forgiveness. You're going to have to ask for forgiveness because you just flat out didn't obey. You know, Jonah, he flat out didn't obey God. He's got to go make it right with God. I, I flat out didn't obey God. I've got to go make it right with God. But each of us has to also ask for forgiveness and ask God for salvation. Because the Bible says we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And because we've sinned, we cannot go to heaven. And that is a tough place to be. And to go to God, who's, who's got, feels like so many, so many better things to do in life than to worry about me and say, God, I've... I've sinned, please forgive me. And I've and even after I'm saved, saying, God, please forgive me again because I've I've said this, I went there, I wouldn't go, I've I've done whatever those kinds of things is a tough thing to do. But we've got to do it. Today we have the opportunity to praise the God, uh, to remember the sacrifice that God did so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could have salvation, so that we could have forgiveness from our sins. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 25, this is what Paul says about the Lord's Supper. He says, For what I received from the Lord, I pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, you know, it's kind of like being betrayed. It feels like an enemy situation, right? Uh, we were all enemies of God at one point, And God says, I'm going to love you. And so you need to love other people. But this is, to me, it's kind of like an enemy situation. If you betray me, all of a sudden, I'm having a hard time feeling like we're friends anymore. Right? But Jesus still loves them. He says, in the night that he was betrayed, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. This little piece of bread represents my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So in a few moments, I'm going to ask the deacons to come up. We're going to pass this out like we usually do, and you're going to get the opportunity to take a little bread and say, thank you, Jesus, for giving your body so that I could have forgiveness. Thank you for giving your blood so that I can have salvation. 
but this is not something that we do lightly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 to 29, it says, Then whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So if, you're, if you decide to take this and you don't make things right between you and God, you're asking for trouble. It says, those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody out of this. This is a very special thing that we get to do today. We get to remember our Savior who is willing to forgive us, who is willing to love us like God wanted Jonah to love his enemy. Right? This is the kind of powerful love that God has for us that we look and say, how could, how could, I mean, we talk about how bad Nineveh was. I totally get why Jonah didn't want to go there. But the kinds of things that they did to people. But that's the kind of God, the kind of love that God asked Jonah to have for his enemy. That's the kind of love he wants us to have for each other. And that's the kind of love God has for us. And he says, before you eat this bread and drink this cup, you ought to examine yourself, verse 28, uh, and make sure things are right between you and God. If you are not saved, please take the opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're just admitting to Him what He already knows, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And if you, you've done that, you know, and life isn't perfect between you and God. You've got something to confess. Hey, I didn't go where I was supposed to go. God, I, I'm, I'm fitting in one of those categories. Uh, God, please forgive me. Because I was fighting with my kids this morning. Because I, I didn't do or say something that I was supposed to do or say. You know what your life is. You know what your life is like. You live with yourself every day. And God is right there with you. He's with you when you sit and when you rise. He knows what you're thinking. He knows where you've gone. So I just want to give you a moment to make things right between you and God before I invite the men to come up to share communion with us. So let's pray.